Welcome to Creative Kaleidoscope, the show about all things art. Today we explore some of the creative-minded people right here at New Radio Media. But first, let's jump right into this week's painting. All right, we're starting this canvas out. 18 by 24 stretch canvas and using some cardstock to mark our outlines with the black. And we're hitting it with the khaki color and some gray. And this is how we're going to make some pyramids. Laying back down the cardstock and our new stencils. Hitting it with the black to mark our outline. And we're gonna hit it with some fluorescent yellow as our base on the main planet. And a little bit of blue. And some pink stripes in there, some fluorescent pink stripes. A little bit of white. Crumpled up newspaper, peel it away, yeah. Add the black for the depth on the planet. And the white at the top for a little bit of shine. And now we're gonna make our moons. We're gonna go two moons for this planet. A little bit of gray, a little bit of black, a little bit of white, crunched up newspaper, and the black and white for the depth and shine of the moons. And we're gonna mark up the edges of our stencils with the black. And add that shine around the planet and the moons. And we're gonna dual fist some red, some purple, some different colors, some blue. Get the fluorescence in there. Add some design with the cardstock. And we're gonna work the fluorescent green in there, fluorescent orange, a bunch of different fluorescent colors. Because that really is what makes it look cool under the black light. And just kinda hitting it with some more white. Adds a little bit of uh, star shine to the galaxy. And we're gonna flick some stars on there. And you just spray your finger with some white spray paint and flick it on. And just re-adding the shine to the planets there around the edge. And now I'm gonna pull my stencils off to reveal the planets. Now I'm gonna pull the cardstock off to reveal the beginning of the pyramids. Now we're gonna work in the rocks and everything for the waterfall. And because, you know, we don't know what planet we're on, the rocks can be whatever color you want. I like the purple and the green, and the black is gonna give us a little bit of depth when we use our tool to peel away on it. Add a little bit of white white and the black do the same thing and trying it with the plastic just recycling the plastic from the outside of the new canvas when I purchased it reuse and recycle now hitting it with the palette knife and now working in that waterfall some white on an index card and just gently working in the flow. And it's kind of coming down from both sides. And just working it in. Now we're gonna add the pool of water at the bottom. Use a couple different colors of blue. I like Oasis blue, deep blue, and then the white. And then just smooth it out with your fingers and it gives some nice texture to the water, a nice pool of water. 
and the white again on there to show where the waterfall is splashing. I'm going to mark the edges of the pool, a little bit of black where the rock face meets the water, and we're going to take it to the studio and we will be back shortly. Coming along great. We're going to take a quick break and come back on the other side with this week's first guest. Budget movie version. 60s TV version. Early 2000s high school pseudo adaption that eventually grows into the geek we all know and love version here. I'm getting paid a lot of money to be here, so listen up. Watch the Geektainment channel on newradiomedia.com. It's geek approved. Hi, I'm Andy. And I'm David. Join us for fun and adventure on our new show, PodQuesters, where we fight through imaginary battles and pray to the dice gods for good rolls. Yes, it's an epic, sweeping adventure where we try to fulfill our destinies without driving the Dungeon Master crazy. I thought that was the point. Anyways, check us out here on NewRadioMedia.com, Fridays, PodQuesters. See you there. Hey, you guys, it's Raphael of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Guess what? The only thing we can get down here in the sewer is Geektainment Weekly on new radio media. Turtle power! Welcome back. I happen to be very lucky and work with some of the most creative people I have ever met. This week's first guest dabbles in many creative fields, but his passion for filmmaking truly shines the brightest. Let's check out the chat I had with Andy Bishop. Welcome back to Creative Kaleidoscope, and I am here with the wonderful head of post-production here at New Radio Media, Andy Bishop. What's up, Andy? Hi, RD. I'm, I'm doing really good. I'm, I'm so happy that I get to be on your show because I don't see you enough. I know, right? Just not nearly enough. We should do a show together. We should. Oh, wait. Oh, we do. That's oh, we right. do. That's right. Okay. But this is a little different. We're mm -hmm. going to get into what you're passionate about, which is filmmaking. Mm -hmm. And as you were introduced to me in the beginning, you were introduced to me as the most sought after DIT in Michigan. I, 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 I am not the most sought after. Uh, Clark Birchmeyer is the best. He is, he is the godfather of uh, DITs in the state. Uh, I learned a lot from him. Mm -hmm. He uh, was feeding me a lot of work. Um, he's one of the reasons why I, I was as successful as I, I became. Mm -hmm. um, but with that said, I am not the best. But I have learned quite a bit from Clark and from other people. And, and being on productions, um, got my first breakthrough uh, break with uh, Lon Stratton. Um, who knew me through other people and got a phone call. He runs Stratton Camera, and mm -hmm. Lon, uh, Lon 
asked Jacob, do we know any DITs? Jacob was my buddy, and he was working there at the time, and he said, yeah, Andy. And so, boom, the rest is history. Did my first uh, commercial for, for Chevy, and it was cool. It was a really neat experience. And I went on to do a lot of corporate gigs. Um, got to work with Eminem. Uh, nice. Uh, on the BET Hip Hop Awards shoot. That's Hip Hop that. Awards shoot where he did mm -hmm. the freestyle rap, which mm -hmm. he's a fantastically nice person, by the way. Right. He was so nice to everybody there. It was it was it was fun. But yeah, I, I've uh, I, I had an interesting career as a DIT. For sure. And for those of you who don't know, because I had to ask before the interview, DIT stands for Digital Imaging Technician. Mm -hmm. And how did you fall into that specifically? How did you want to do that? So I went to film school at MPI mm -hmm. uh, in Troy, Motion Picture Institute, mm -hmm. and I really wanted to be a director, really, and I really wanted to be an editor. And the one thing is that I learned as I was going through learning editorial process, and uh, I got an internship at a post house called Cinetique mm -hmm. in Southfield. And what I learned in that process was that it's since everything's digital now it's so important to like preserve the data at it's this is real sciency now this is less about the art but it's but i guess it's kind of an art right no, but totally. you have to preserve that the data at the proper rates and codecs to make sure that the vision that the uh the director instilled into the cinematographer mm -hmm. and the, everybody works so hard to light and and record and 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 set dress comes through on the screen. You have right. to give the editor the best quality product. And yep. I was working on a television show called Wine Warriors, and they needed a DIT. And I was like, well, that's just copy and paste in files, right? And there was a little more to it than that. Right. Uh, making sure the footage is good, backing it up, double checking it, uh, checking out the, the the color space, making sure it's all good. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it's uh, I, I just kind of fell into it because I had kind of a, a background in uh, computers and I just had a real knack for software and stuff like that. So I just picked it up real fast. Very cool. Now, another thing we have on our platform here at New Radio Media is the NRM Indie Short Showcase, where mm -hmm. one of your short films, Devout, is on there, mm -hmm. which you wrote and directed. I did. Tell me a little bit about that. So, Devout um, was a really interesting project. I I was I was sitting at home uh, Thanksgiving, day before Thanksgiving, mm -hmm. and I put a movie in called Hunger mm -hmm. by Steve McQueen, mm -hmm. and uh, Michael Fassbender plays a prisoner uh, in the '80s, uh, Irish. Uh, political prisoner mm -hmm. and he decides to stage a hunger strike and I can't think of the actor's name but you would probably know the guy from, who plays the Onion Knight Game of Thrones oh devil see what is that guy I, I, I know who you're talking right. about yeah so uh, he, he, Michael I'm like after this scene I'm going to bed I'm gonna finish the movie tomorrow and Fastbender comes in and, and Sir Davos mm -hmm. comes in and they set it at a table, and it's a two-shot. Two-shot, for people who don't know, is where it's just a wide shot. There's two people, just like it sounds, right. you know, in the shot. And so it's this wide shot, two guys at a table facing each other. And they start having this conversation. Uh, and it just keeps going. And I'm drawn into this conversation. 
And then I'm like, man, how much time has went by? I don't think they've cut. Right. And it was like, at that point, it was like 10 minutes in, mm -hmm. and they had not cut the shot. It was just such an interesting subject matter, the writing, the acting, the lighting. It was just they didn't have to cut away from the shot, and it was just like, oh, my gosh, I have to make a movie about a priest and a prisoner now. Don't know why I thought that. It just came right into my head. I was so moved by this, I wanted to just try it. Right. And so I was like, well, I don't, I'm not just going to make a movie to make a movie. I need to, like, have a good story behind mm -hmm. it. So uh, I grew up Catholic. Mm -hmm. And so that was very much ingrained in my childhood. And I was a, when I was a kid, I was a very re religious little boy. Uh, I was very close in my faith. Uh, and I, I decided that, you know, the world, especially the world we live in right now, mm -hmm. there are so many different sides of, you know, faith. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's what people, the stereotype and what it actually is. People that are living it properly, people that aren't. Right. Because, and, you know, people will automatically, you know, they'll, the first example is they'll pull, point out at a Muslim, you know. Right. Oh, the Muslims are all terrorists. And it's, it's not true. Nope. And it's just like not all Christians are bad. Not all Christians are good. Right. You know, and so I wanted to showcase a movie about a young man who's murdering people, mm -hmm. but he's doing it what he thinks is for God. Right. And so this priest just comes to prison at the mother's request to talk to this young man to understand why he's done what he's done. And it just develops into this deep, you know, look into what is faith, what is, what does it mean to have faith, uh, what happens if you know two people's definitions are completely different and opposite and how that affects the person in the conversation mm -hmm. so i just thought it was a really really interesting uh premise i wrote it in a couple of months and then we went to camera and ran it out of prison and that was fun uh, never which, never which thought prison did you shoot in? uh standish prison what is your favorite part about filmmaking? Writing, directing, acting, if you had to choose one. So I've, I've, done, I've done all those things. Right. Um, acting I kind of just kind of slipped into because I don't know if you know this. I'm a bit of a ham. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I, I, I don't take the acting part, like, super serious. Like, if somebody offered me a role and it was like, oh, that sounds cool, like, I'll take it serious, but it's like it's not something I'm pursuing. Right. The directing part is really, really where I can sink my teeth into it because I like, I'm the type of director that likes to go and talk to the filmmaker, the actors, mm -hmm. and say, this is what, you know, either this is what's been written for me or I've written this. This is the character. This is how I see it. You're going to be taking the character as the actor. How do you see this character? Right. Because if that actor does not fully like latch on to that character you're going to be able to tell right they're acting and so i like to give my actors a lot of freedom and a lot of meetings ahead of time and say let's talk about the dialogue is this what you would say is is this how your character would say it right uh and 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 a lot it's refreshing to the actors mm -hmm. um but at the same time you end up with a better product because right. I'm one person, mm -hmm. and so many people are better at their jobs than me. And so why wouldn't I listen to other people's suggestions? Right. You can always say no to a suggestion. Of course. But you know what? 
just try it. Right. That's my philosophy. And with a background, too, in post-production, that's got to be immensely helpful when it comes to directing. You know, it absolutely is. Um, as, as an editor here at New Radio Media, I, I edit a lot of the content that comes through. Mm -hmm. I, I, you know, me, my team and I, we edit, you know, this show together. Mm -hmm. um, I will not be editing this episode, but <laughs> that's fine. Um, but, you know, a lot of times when I go on set as an editor, my editing mind ki kicks in. And it's like, okay, well, if we're doing this and this, I need to be able to cut from point A to point C. I need a point B. Right. And sometimes, you know, people are so hyper-focused on their roles, they forget, like, there's an end process to this that, like, once it comes out of the camera, somebody's got to assemble this thing. Mm -hmm. Somebody's got to, you know, decide when to cut away when and what to cut to. Right. So a lot of times as a director, I'm thinking, okay, if I was editing this, what what do I need? What what puzzle pieces do I need to complete this whole picture? Mm -hmm. So it is extremely helpful. Definitely, definitely. Now, you know, we're in Detroit. We're Detroit local here. Mm -hmm. What's the Detroit film community like as a whole, would you say? So I graduated from film school in 2013. Mm-hmm. Right around the time that where we lost the film incentive tax credits, or they were starting to go away. Mm -hmm. uh, we, when I graduated, they were filming Transformers 4. Mm -hmm. um, and I had a lot of friends that worked on it. And, that, and when the incentives went away, a lot of people <whistles> fled, just mm -hmm. went away, didn't want, you know, they were like, I'm going to Georgia, I'm going to LA, I'm going to New Orleans, and all this stuff. Um, and I considered it. I considered, you know, I, I had uh, a potential internship uh, at, uh, with Warner Brothers Television lined up. And I was like, uh, you know, it's a big risk. Got to go out there by myself. I have a little bit saved up, but I burned through my savings real quick. LA is expensive. Mm -hmm. And I don't know anybody. I have no connections. Here, I had very few connections, but I had connections. I, had, I knew some people. I'd established a... I don't want to say reputation because I, right. I don't think I'm this amazing filmmaker. I, I, I but but people knew who I was and they liked me, so that helped. Right. Uh, and so I decided, no, I'm going to stick it out. I'm going to give it a shot because. And and what happened was everybody left and there were positions starting to open up. You know, a lot of the work is freelance and they people were, were calling. Oh, I moved, I moved, I moved. So it made a lot of room for the filmmakers as a whole. And what I found is the people that have stayed are so passionate mm -hmm. about filmmaking as an art. Right. And Detroit is is a renaissance city that is is on the rise. It's mm -hmm. it's it's fighting, it's trying to build itself back up. Uh, you know, when I heard the opportunity here at New Radio Media, I just jumped on it because it's like this is this is starting hyper local, but it's got their eye on the national ball and just on just expanding yep. and I think that the filmmakers in Detroit are fighters and what's happened is now that there's there's a really nice film community here lots of independent filmmakers that are doing shorts and features and things like that even though there's no tax credits right they're still working and they're still fighting what do you think was the largest effect of the tax credit leaving what do you think that was in Detroit if we, had 
we lost a lot down. of the big budget films. Right. Is what it came down to. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they filmed Batman v Superman here mm-hmm. and Transformers 5, Real Steel. Uh, at the time of the tax incentives, there was actually talks with Marvel to shoot the first Avengers movie here. Um, and then that. gone. So they went to, I believe they went to North Carolina. Mm. Um, and, and that was, that, that was, you know, sad. It was a little sad, but you know, the big blockbuster movies, essentially what ate up a lot of the incentives, you know, stopped coming to our doors, which provided quite a bit of work for people. Right. You know, but that's, that's primarily what it did. So the small indie filmmakers, it didn't really affect too much. Yeah, I remember when the incentive was in town and you could pretty much be driving any day around Metro Detroit mm-hmm. and you could see some sort of film shoot set up somewhere. Right. And having said that, what are some of like your favorite spots that you have shot in in Detroit, if you had to pick? Oh, man. So um, I filmed, filmed a lot of parking garages, that's for <laughs> sure. Uh, Central Station. The old train station. Yep. Um, that one was amazing just because of, like, first off, we had to, like, go through the dark. Mm-hmm. And it was, like, February, and there was, like, water with ice on the bottom. And so we all thought we were going to slip, fall, and die. Right. But when we come up to the main room, it's all, like, lit with natural light, and it's just graffiti everywhere and huge ceilings and arches. And it was just. Absolutely building. stunning to, to, to be in, just just to be in that space. Mm-hmm. The, uh, that was probably my favorite place in Detroit to film. Uh, if I had to pick another one, I would say uh, the Masonic. They just you know yeah. just a you know wonderful theater. Yeah, that those two places are my absolute favorite places I've I've filmed in. Very cool, very cool. Now, uh, what's on the horizon for Andy Bisha? Oh, man. Oh, man, so much, man. I'm, uh, I'm going to lunch with Steven Spielberg and Christopher Nolan, <laughs> and we're just going to chat. No, right. I, I wish. Oh, my gosh. If if they, if they, I had the chance to just, I don't know, I'd, I would be a little, little fanboy. Right. Uh, on the horizons, I have a couple scripts I, that I finished, mm-hmm. uh, working on financing for, for a film. Uh, a music-driven film, because uh, I used to be in a band back in the day, and um, and it's it's more of a dramedy, uh, and just exploring, you know, coming of age, but you know, as I guess you and I fit into the millennial category, mm-hmm. uh, I don't feel like it, but you know, it, you know, the the age of people leaving home is older. Uh, at the age of people getting real jobs and moving forward with their life is is older in general. Right. And you know, I kind of wanted to explore that and music. You know, your passion versus what you have to do and sacrificing to like be a adult in society versus doing what you love, even though you, you, people are telling you that that's a terrible idea. So I, because you know. It took me a long time to figure out that, hey, film was an actual thing, not just a hobby right. that I could pursue. And, and you know, I kind of wanted to, to explore just that facet of somebody fo- deciding to follow their passions rather than going the, the norm route. Uh, 
And I also have a television uh, pilot that is in the works. Very cool. Uh, we will see what happens with that. Uh, but, you know, I'm just, just, you know, working here and got a couple films ready to go. And we'll see where it takes me. Absolutely. And one of the most exciting things I think about working here is all the artistic talent that is just in the building. Yeah. You know, I, I got uh, I got to say there's a lot of freedom mm -hmm. here. Uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a big goofball and I like making funny stuff. And so shows like Get It to the Geeks and Podquesters, mm -hmm. you know, I get to I get to, you know, play around in that space. Uh, especially with Get It to the Geeks, I get to do a lot of like fun little graphics and things like that and just stretch my creative muscles and uh, in that way. But, you know, I'm very happy that, you know, speaking on, on the NRM uh, Indie Shorts mm -hmm. uh, or the showcase, mm -hmm. you know, when I presented that idea, I, I, I was like, you know, Devout's finished with its uh, festival run. It got a few awards. That's great. What do I do with it? Right. And so I was just like, you know what? I'm not going to stick the movie on a shelf. I'm going to... I'm going to find an outlet for it. And I was mm -hmm. like, oh, I'll put it on you know, YouTube or something like that. And I'm like, it's going to get lost in the sea of cat videos, you know. Right. Well, piano cat's going to get yeah. more views than me. And I don't really care about the views. I just want people to watch something that I made. Right. You know? Uh, and so I was like, what if we create a platform that's just about short films? Mm -hmm. That's just showcasing filmmakers. Like, they still hold, own the rights to the films. They retain everything. We just give them a platform to show it. Mm -hmm. and and they loved that idea and so we've got we've got five films on there right now we've got a few submissions that came in recently and we're going through the review process with them and we're going to put more up and can constantly be adding to that library so people can have a platform yep for their films yep well make sure you get on the indie short showcase it's under arts and entertainment on the new radiomedia.com website andy bisha Thank you very much for joining us here on Creative Kaleidoscope. Thanks, RD. I love this show. Love you, buddy. Let's take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll dive back into the painting. Stay tuned. It's all about you, and that's the way we like it. Where you're going. What you do to stay fit. What you're eating. What you're thinking and how you're feeling. Join the conversation at NewRadioMedia.com's Lifestyles channel. Stream the life you want to live. Why are we here? What makes a person truly good? For those answers, you're going to have to take a philosophy class. But if you're more interested in who would win in a fight between R2-D2 and a Dalek, watch Get It to the Geeks on Tuesdays at 6 p.m. on NewRadioMedia.com. What's going on in your neighborhood? They say it takes a village. It's the simple things. The things that are a testament to the old. The things that are a testament to the new. Know what's going on in your community. Check out our community channel on NewRadioMedia.com.
Gaga. Low-budget movie version. 60s TV version. Early 2000s high school pseudo-adaption that eventually grows into the geek we all know and love version, yeah? I'm getting paid a lot of money to be here, so listen up. Watch the Geektainment channel on NewRadioMedia.com. It's geek approved. All right, let's see how that painting is coming along. Now I'm using my straight edge here to my straight edge tool. It's really a paint shield to mark not only the base of the pyramids, but I am also marking the shadow lines of the pyramid. And I've overdone one just a little bit, and I want to work that wet paint off with my rag the best I can. Just kind of get, get that line how I want it. And again, now I'm going to work my waterfall again now that I've got my my point of perspective really of where the pyramid base is and I want to touch up that little splurge of white spray paint that dripped on there you know, be careful when you're working it on there and I'm just continually working that white spray paint with the index card trying to get it how I want it it's a little tricky but You'll get it. And now that that's dried a little bit more, I can do the outlines of the pyramid with the acrylic black paint pen. Now, you don't have to do this. This is just something I like to do. The pyramid kind of forms themselves if you mark them correctly. And when you look close enough, you can actually see the lines of the pyramid. But... I like to really put an accent on the lines with uh, my black paint pen. And that's a Montana brand black acrylic paint pen. And now I'm using my Posca white extra thick paint pen to kind of define the rock edge and my waterfall lines and the flow the directional flow of the water just filling it in gives it that you know the depth and the directional flow of the water and just you know want to make sure you keep the tip clean you know get the uh, the tip clean just by you know working the paint out and wiping it on the cloth and I've also kind of added in some more definition into the sides of the pyramid and the rock faces. And be very, very careful when you're using the fire at home. You never know what could happen. Now I want to draw in some palm trees. And I'm using the extra thick acrylic paint pen here. And I'm going back to the fine tip to try and work in 
the details of the trunks of the tree, the base layer. And you can tell that the paint at the bottom is just a little wet still, so just keep working it. The black paint pen. I'm a fan of the paint pens. You can do this a multitude of ways. But we're going to take a quick break and head back to the studio and check this painting out when we get back. Coming up, I sit down with another colleague, Ian Benzman, to discuss and watch some of his musical stylings. low-budget movie version. 60s TV version. Early 2000s high school pseudo-adaption that eventually grows into the geek we all know and love version, yeah? I'm getting paid a lot of money to be here, so listen up. Watch the Geektainment channel on NewRadioMedia.com. It's geek-approved. It's all about you, and that's the way we like it. Where you're going. What you do to stay fit. What you're eating. What you're thinking. And how you're feeling. Join the conversation at NewRadioMedia.com's Lifestyles channel. Stream the life you want to live. Hi, I'm Andy. And I'm David. Join us for fun and adventure on our new show, PodQuesters, where we fight through imaginary battles and pray to the dice gods for good rolls. Yes, it's an epic, sweeping adventure where we try to fulfill our destinies without driving the Dungeon Master crazy. I thought that was the point. Anyways, check us out here on NewRadioMedia.com, Fridays, PodQuesters. See you there. Guys, it's Raphael of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Guess what? The only thing we can get down here in the sewer is Geektainment Weekly on new radio media. Turtle Power! I managed to pull away one of the busiest people that I work with to explore the musical side of his mind. Let's check out the conversation I had with Ian Benzman from the band In the Cloud. And welcome back to Creative Kaleidoscope, and I am joined by Ian Benzman, a fellow co-worker, but also one of the members of the local band In The Cloud. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for being on the show, man. Yeah, no, I'm excited. It's weird, you know, I don't, I feel like <laughs> yeah, you know, no, we're not on any shows together. Yeah, anything. no, it's, we, we chat all the time, yeah. and we do our show on Friday, yeah. but like beyond that, no, I don't think we just chat anymore it's all work i know <laughs> and it's like well, we were just talking to andy earlier and it's really cool about working here about all the different artists and artistry that just goes on in this building everybody's yeah. kind of got their own it's fun thing going on it's a lot of fun actually the coolest thing one of the coolest things anyone ever told me about being in here was um they came in and afterwards like it reminds me of pixar 
Mm -hmm. And I was like blown away. Like that was so cool to hear. And like he meant in the sense of like it's very creative. It had a very you know up atmosphere. And you know like at my desk I have Spider Man stuff. And Andy has you know his his stuff with Tony Stark and all that yada right. yada. And we just kind of yeah. It's I don't know. It's fun. Yeah. So but we're gonna talk about in the cloud. So that consists of you and another member yes you um, and Devin what is Devin's last name you know he told me how to pronounce it once. Maggie I think it's Maggie yeah okay. I think it's Maggie I feel really bad that I can't think of how to pronounce it I know he's told me but uh, yeah me and uh, Devin and I have mm -hmm. been uh, working on um, music it was interesting it's funny how it started I posted on Facebook I was like who wants to make a freaking album with me and um, he actually ended up posting he's like yeah I can play drums yada yada um, went over to start working on it originally it was he was just helping me with an album and then we ended up working so well together um, that we just decided that we're in the cloud because originally in the cloud was the concept right um, I'm a huge postal service fan mm -hmm. um, and how you know I don't know if for people who don't know how they made the album is the you know worked on something over here and then send it through the post office to you know LA and New York and back and forth and they made the whole album right so um, I wanted to take that concept and kind of modernize it you know put down the vocals and like rhythm guitar, send it here, send it there, get stuff from here, stuff from there. Mm -hmm. um, and honestly, like I said, just Devin and I worked so well together that we just ended up deciding that we were the, we we're just gonna be the band. Right. And um, yeah, right. Uh, it's uh, been long, yeah. And in the digital age, the postal service becomes the cloud. In the cloud, yeah, yeah exactly. in the cloud, yeah. Um, yeah, it's, yeah, pretty much. How would you describe your sound if you had to? To describe that's it. tough right I have a real tough time with that because um, it definitely has a through sound to it like you can tell it's us when you listen to it mm -hmm. but I wouldn't say anything is like I mean I don't, what would you you know you've, you've heard a couple things I, like it's it's indie it's indie it's it's indie but, but like all over I would the place. it's it's because like yeah you can hear all the influences, influence, yes. you know and very and then you have stuff that's very like you know, your, my biggest influences are Radiohead, Pink Floyd, The Beatles, mm -hmm. The Shins, and The Gorillas, and I feel like a lot of that finds its way onto the album, mm -hmm. um, and I'm really happy about that, which is interesting because Devin doesn't really have the same influences as I do. And um, what are some of his influences? Do you? Like? You know, he listens. He went to school for writing pop music. Right. Um, so he, you know, he listens to a lot of pop stuff. Mm -hmm. um, a lot. Of, he used to listen to a lot of screamo things. Um, he listen, He does listen to a lot of a lot of music. Mm -hmm. um, very very eclectic, um, but he mainly focuses. Like he's he used to do a DJing under the name Murder House Party, right? Okay. Right. Okay. Um, but so he's very. But not, um, not really into the gorillas. He likes them. <laughs> he's just not like. Party. Yeah, you would think it would be <laughs> yeah. right. Right. Um, you would think he'd be more into that, but no, he likes them. It's just it's um. We don't really ever disagree on music ever. Right. Uh, we actually, that's one of the things we work really well together. We've never, ever, ever really butt heads. We've disagreed on things and we kind of put it aside and keep moving forward and then we'll come back to it. Which I think is interesting. Meeting both, knowing both of you and meeting both of you, you guys are very different people. Yeah. But you work very well together. Yeah. So I guess I would, I would say that your sound is diverse if yeah anything. if absolutely. i had to put one word to it i would say diverse well thank yeah no i um sure. yeah, he's like family now yeah. um he's like my brother um I, you know there's times where we won't i won't hear from him for weeks he goes off on these you know journeys and whatever mm -hmm. um and uh but you know we always end up coming back together you know it's been two and over two and a half years since we started working on this oh wow so 
Yeah, so I know you guys had an EP out for a while, but now you finally got a full album. Yeah. That was just yeah. hit. I'm, I'm, well, we just finished mixing it. Okay. We just finished mixing it. We're trying to figure out the release strategy and all that stuff. I know we're planning a music video and a single drop, hopefully around Record Store Day, but that's not definitive yet. Um, but yeah, we had an EP up on Spotify. It's still up on Spotify. Um, we're probably going to take it down when we start launching the new music. Right. But um, yeah, it's early, earlier phase versions of stuff that ended up on the album. Cool. Um, just simpler, less layers, you know. How many songs were on the EP and how many songs were on the new album? So there's four songs on the EP, if mm -hmm. I'm not mistaken. It's been a minute since I've looked at the EP. Right. I actually totally forgot it was on there until um, one of our employees the other day was like, did you have something on Spotify? And I was like, yeah, you know, anyone can put it. Yeah, check it out. Yeah, but uh, yeah, right. so it's called These Are Our Digital Hearts EP. It's on Spotify if you guys want to check it out. Um, mm -hmm. In the meantime, until the single drops. Um, but uh, yeah. What was, what was Undecided it? on how many songs oh, are going to be on the album? Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I totally went off in one way. No, yeah. there's 15. Okay, cool. Um, there's an intro, cool. an outro, and two interludes. Um, but the intro and the outro are both full songs. Mm -hmm. um, the interludes are more little 30, 40 second cool. snippets. It's a concept album. Cool. Um, very much, very, very much a concept album um, in the sense that it all flows together. It has a very strong central theme. That's important, um, I think, to me anyway. Well, you know, you I, know. I, I write songs like I write scripts. You know, I want to make movies. Um, right. I write my songs very story-wise. Like it's very much if, like there are times where Devin and I are recording, and he'd be like, "Oh, we need to cut this part out," and I'd be like, "But that's the end of the story." Right. Um, so yeah. So one of the songs that is on the new album. You shot a music video for the Tiny Desk music competition. Yeah, Tell yeah, me a little bit about that. that before we check it out. Yeah, so, um, you know, um, basically I saw that the contest was a thing and I'd been considering doing it. Mm -hmm. um, and then finished mastering the album and I was like, well, this contest ends tomorrow. Just, I'm, I'm gonna enter, why, why the hell not? Right. Um, and so we do a version of this, one of the songs on the album called Swiped Out. Um, and on the album, it's very, you know, boom, 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 but very like 50s, Earth Angel-y mm -hmm. kind of thing. But uh, we did a, or I did a faster acoustic version for this tiny desk contest thing. Cool. Well, let's check that video out. We'll be right back. This one's called Swiped Out. Down, 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 
multitudes of elation Come here they found Hither they lost again kick ass thank you definitely dug that video a lot man thank you sounding good yeah I'm, I'm really happy with how it turned out um honestly it was it literally was just kind of like oh let's do this and then we got here and it was like well, what are we gonna do and we're like we'll just put a camera here 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 and and then uh, our head of production dave was like we'll just put a gopro right here which was genius mm -hmm. um and uh yeah it's I'm, I'm really happy with how the sound turned out i was a little worried because we were kind of, we had mic here mic here and then the camera mic so i was kind of worried but it sounds good um yeah, I'm really happy with how it turned out. Got some good response from it so far. So being an aspiring filmmaker as well, you were talking about, you know, putting out a music video and all that. How is that going to flow through your mind? What's your creative process for all that? <laughs> um, well, so that's interesting because um, when I was writing the album, I was also coming up with this idea that I wanted to shoot a movie with the album that basically it's like Magical Mystery Tour or, you know, um, I don't know, The Wall, mm -hmm. um, where each song had its own music video, but they all connected together into a long feature film. I still want to do that. Um, and the album, like I said, was conceptualized with that in mind. So I have a whole feature script written um, to shoot these music videos. But then it's a lot of money. It's a lot of you know um, time and effort. And as much as I still want to do it, um, I think the smarter way to go about it is breaking it up a little bit. So I've been trying to conceptualize music videos um, as part of a short film, so I can kind of do two in one. Right. Um, because, I, I mean, if, if you're an aspiring filmmaker and you're putting money into short films, a lot of the times it's a money dump. Mm -hmm. And you're just kind of doing it. It's a calling card, and it's absolutely useful. Like, you know, every every project that I put money into, I've learned an immense amount move forward and try to use that in the next one. Right. But if I'm going to put more money into something and shoot something, I want it to be something that would be beneficial, not just kind of money out the window. Right. So I figured music video slash short film would be the way to go cool cool now uh after this album drops when it drops what's what's on the horizon are we going to see some some live performances have you figured um, out the uh, logistics of all that yeah um i'm starting to starting to figure out the logistics of that i need to put together a full band because mm -hmm. there's no way Devin and i could perform this album by R ourselves right um it was funny during while we were recording it my buddy goes you need to think about performing live and I go I'm thinking about making the best songs we can make mm -hmm. and then we'll worry about that 
So now we're at the point where I'm starting to worry about that. Um, no, well, not worry about it, but um, yeah, I'm going to start putting a band together, and we're going to do, um, I want to do a really cool album release party um, where we'll play the whole album, and then there's like a break, and then a bunch of guest musicians can come on, and we'll do a bunch of other songs and stuff, and I think it'll be fun. Um, but I definitely, absolutely plan on putting together a band that can perform the album. Cool, cool. I'm excited. And uh, I know you put together a, another music video, and we're, we'll probably close out the interview with that, but is, that song is not on the new album, No, um, so when we recorded the other day and put the one up for the Tiny Desk Contest, we recorded a handful of other stuff, mm -hmm. um, and this is probably my favorite one out of what we did. Um, it's called Now More Than Zero. Um, it's actually on the second album, um, which I'm 75% of the way through doing the first take demos on a lot of those songs, cool. um, which I'm really excited about. It has a different sound, but it's totally still our sound. Mm -hmm. um, this one delves a lot more, you know, the first one, like I said, was very Pink Floyd, Gorillaz, and yada yada. Um, this one's a lot more um, like 70s Motown, um, some kind of like, you know, jazz, Nina Simone, Curtis Mayfield, and then stuff like Dion and the Belmonts from like the 50s and stuff like that, and more of that sound. Um, but uh, I'm excited. Yeah, cool. Very excited. Well, Ian Benzman from In the Cloud, thank you for joining me here thank on you for Col having Creative me. Kaleidoscope. Thank you for having me. Yep, and we are going to check out that video now and be back in just a little bit. All right, keep rolling. There you go. That's my opinion.
After the break, we'll finish up this week's painting. It's all about you, and that's the way we like it. Where you're going. What you do to stay fit. What you're eating. What you're thinking. And how you're feeling. Join the conversation at NewRadioMedia.com's Lifestyles channel. Stream the life you want to live. At Murray's Park City, we're known for offering customer service you won't get in any chain store or online. But don't take it from me, just listen to what our customers have to say. The employees at Murray's are knowledgeable, courteous. They make you feel like you're at home. Pick up a can of Seafoam Fuel System Treatment for only $6.99 or a five-quart container of Mobile One Motor Oil for just $28.95. Murray's Park City and Pontiac Trail at Maple Road in Walled Lake. We've got the parts you need when you need them. Why are we here? What makes a person truly good? For those answers, you're gonna have to take a philosophy class. But if you're more interested in who would win in a fight between R2-D2 and a Dalek, watch Get It to the Geeks on Tuesdays at 6 p.m. on NewRadioMedia.com. What's going on in your neighborhood? They say it takes a village. Things. The things that are a testament to the old. And the things that are a testament to the new. Know what's going on in your community. Check out our community channel on NewRadioMedia.com. Hey, you guys, it's Raphael of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Guess what? The only thing we can get down here in the sewer is Big Shaman Winston on new radio media. Turtle power! Now let's look at how that painting turned out. And now we're adding in the palm leaves to the top of the tree, the base layer of black with the black paint pen. And I want to make sure that the palm tree leaves are the right size and everything. And I'm just working them in with that Montana brand black paint pen. And just finishing out the, the definition on the, the trunk and the leaves. I want it to look right. And filling it all in there, filling in the rest of the trunk where I marked off the detail. And I'm gonna fill in the leaves with the black base layer. And I'm gonna do the same thing to the other side. I'm sure the trees will look similar. They won't be the same, they'll be similar. And just kinda, you know, just free flow it, you know. Just let your hand do the work, nice and easy. Doesn't need to be perfect. I prefer this method over using a brush with the spray paint because you can be more precise. It takes a little bit longer because yes, you have to let the paint dry a bit before you hit it with the acrylic paint pen. But, you know, 
I think it comes out better. You're able to get a lot finer detail with the paint pen, in my opinion. It's easier for me anyway. I know a lot of people prefer to just spray some black or whatever color into the cap of the spray paint can, if you will, and work it with a small brush. I like to use the paint pens. And now I'm just kind of redefining the line of the base of the pyramids with that black paint pen, which I had already marked off with the paint shield straight edge. And now I'm using an extra fine white paint pen, Posca brand paint pen. You can get those real cheap on Amazon. And that's adding in the detail and really the, where the light is shining in on the trees. And you can really work the detail in a much finer. And that's really going to be what gives the trees the definition that you want. And you can tell at the bottom where the paint's still a bit wet, but you know, they're drying out. And this you just kind of work quickly. And you don't want to be super exact because, you know, tree bark and stuff has a texture to it and the leaves also have a certain texture to it and that's what the white kind of does to that and once it's all nice and dry and you're done hit it with your signature and there is the finished product and a close-up shot. And I'll show you what it looks like too with the black light. Thanks for stopping by this week. Check us out every week right here on NewRadioMedia.com.